Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 136 of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on October 25th, 2022. All right, folks, I hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well. And it's an extremely busy week, however, <laughs> in which I have a lot of different commitments this week, including a ton of laboratory work. So what we're going to go ahead and do is hit the ground running with two, count them two sound signature reviews published concurrently with this podcast episode. That's right. Uh, both from Otter Creek Labs, the Hydrogen L on Subsonic 300 Blackout and the Polonium K on the Mark 18. That's right. Uh, big thanks to Otter Creek Labs for trusting me to perform that work. Uh, the public gets that data and analysis today or, well, uh, today for you, uh, Future J uh, will be in today, but uh, it will be tomorrow for me. Uh, past Jay. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, you guys are, as you're listening to this episode, as long as you're not a time traveler um, or early bird on the, on the West Coast or something, or somewhere near the international dateline, you will have both of those sound signature reviews uh, published on the website together um, at, at concurrently with this episode that's right and pew science members get to see some really great information in those reviews too so i hope you folks enjoy and we will hit some introductory thoughts about that published analysis on today's episode that's right also on today's episode i'll talk about the mechanics of pistol silencers yeah and and i might even mention the mark 23 you know you know there's a mark 23 silencer it's somewhat rare. Uh, you know, if you were in the market, though, for rare firearms, accessories, or maybe something special for that assault team in your life, <laughs> look no further than high-end armament technology. That's right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by high-end armament technology, a dealer of exactly that, high-end arms and accessories. They have significant longevity in the machine gun and NFA game, as well as significant expertise in both the procurement and operation of night vision, thermal optics, and infrared sighting systems. That's right. Robert and his crew have a decades upon decades of experience and actual knowledge using the gear. If there's a weapon system that's rare, or maybe you're having trouble finding something, you know, you like, or, or maybe you want to get into night vision or thermal, or, you know, you're like, man, I got the transferable machine gun itch. You know, what a great thing to, to get into, frankly. They're a great place to call. Check them out at highendarms.com on Instagram at High End Arms, and they even have a Facebook page, which is High End Arms. You guessed it. <laughs> I hope they can help you folks out if you need it. Tell them Jay sent you. And uh, the Jay Situation podcast is sponsored by Silencer Shop. You can use their kiosk, do your fingerprints and photos electronically, and in turn, you will most likely cut down on your errors and simplify your silencer purchasing process. You get a money-back guarantee. It's pretty great. No transfer fees, no paperwork errors, just you and your silencer with no drama. It truly is silencer ownership simplified. And guys, if you want to check out the uh, show notes there uh, on the podcast, it's pewscience.com slash podcast, uh, and there's show notes for every episode or, you know, in iTunes or Spotify or however you listen. There should be uh, show notes there with some links. Um, you can click the link to True Shot Gun Club if you want to buy some ammo. If you do end up buying ammo using that link, also use the code word pewscience, and you'll get $20 off your membership uh, to their A-Zone Club which give you free shipping over the entire year for ammunition, which can add up to a lot, frankly, just because of how much the, the mass amounts of ammo you buy weighs. <laughs> 
Also, um, there's a link to Magpul. You can click that and uh, use a code PSTEN. That's PS10 to get $10 off your order, $100 or more. You know, you click those links. You buy stuff from Two Shot and Magpul. It helps the podcast, helps Pew Science, and it helps you because you save some money. That's right. And uh, finally, uh, and most importantly, this podcast is sponsored by Pew Science. Pushing the science industry forward one test at a time. Visit PewScience.com for the suppression rating. It is the simplest and most accurate hearing safe rating for your suppressed small arms. It's based on true human inner ear response from the entire gunshot from before combustion takes place all the way until all the combustion is gone. Pew Science is the home of the Silence for Sound standard. That's right. There's seven sections. It's the most in-depth and accurate silencer data and analysis in the world. Check it out at PewScience.com. And you can support this podcast. You can support Pew Science. You can do support all the testing I do by joining with a membership at PewScience.com. You can join the family. There's even a donate feature on the review page and podcast page. If you're into that, every little bit helps. And something that's free and doesn't cost you anything is giving us the good old five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify and helps to let folks know that silencers and guns are awesome and normalize the use of suppressed small arms as God intended. Okay, so i got four topics for you today, and I think they're all pretty cool. Topic one, sound signature review 694, the Otter Creek Labs Hydrogen L with subsonic 300 blackout. This will just be an introductory discussion from the future. That's right. Future Jay will present that to you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, sound signature review 695 is topic two, the Otter Creek Labs Polonium K with 556 from the Mark 18 SBR. Again, introductory discussion this time. On today's podcast boy oh boy howdy a lot of you are waiting for that data i think topic three suppressing your pistol is it easy no not always should it be well one can dream let's get into the mechanics with yet another introductory discussion yeah that's right i'm just gonna wet your palate right now and finally topic four again we have earlier early deliverables this week for you folks and uh, so far, this effort has really delivered quality information to Pew Science members and the public quite regularly, frankly. And I would like to say that your support makes this possible. So thank you for helping to make the Sonsor Sound Standard uh, the true industry benchmark for suppression performance. That's right. And you know, it's not only the Sonsor Sound Standard, but the suppression rating. It's a symbiosis. It's a, it's a package deal. And the industry is now using it. Consumers at large are as well. It is now recognized as the de facto standard. And that's pretty awesome. It brings me joy. And you all, you guys all did it. So that should be really cool. It's like a feather in your cap. In all your collective caps. Bunch of feathers. Or something. Okay, topic. Let's <laughs> move into topic one. At a time of seven minutes. In 22 seconds. Okay, yeah. And bet you didn't think that was coming. Sound signature review 694. The Otter Creek Labs Hydrogen L with subsonic 300 blackout. That's right. Introductory discussion. I, You know, I don't normally do this. You know, but I, I'm releasing two data sets on the same day. And in conjunction with the podcast. You know, I have done it before. And, and you know, just not very often. And whenever I do this, which is rare... I do give a brief general overview and some initial thoughts about the data and analysis, and I don't do a deep dive. 
Okay, the, the deep dive will come next episode. Per typical, that's right. Uh, and I, that, that's after you folks have had a week to check out the article and the notes and, and the suppression rating and all that good stuff. And I always feel it's better for folks to have the articles and let them digest and to see the community reaction and everything before I speak about it in a very in-depth fashion so, so that I can you know, make sure to address any major questions or concerns and also to make sure you're primed to receive any explanations after um, already ha having background information. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> you know what I mean? That's, that's typically the sequence and logic that I follow. Yeah. And so all that being said, this is the hydrogen L on subsonic 300 blackout. So you should expect pretty high performance here, given the number of baffles in the silencer and its internal design, yeah? Yeah, I, I, I know a lot of folks saw this silencer on Supersonic 308. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, when I released that data and analysis, um, you know, a, a, a lot of folks saw that. Um, and, and what is that? What was that, uh, that review number? 681? Yeah, it was 681. Okay, so what was that, Thir 13, um, 13 reviews prior to this, this brand new one. You know, 13 articles ago, you saw this sponsor for the first time on 308. You know, and, and in the discussions following that review, and that, that, that test report on the 308 bolt action, supersonic, I, I, I talked about the conventional nature of the silencer's baffle design and and how there that there aren't significantly advanced things going on inside the hydrogen L, uh, which was one of the reasons why we saw performance peak where it did on supersonic 308. It's still hyper. It was still high performance, but really I explained that it it was pushing the limits of the technology on that platform. Okay, it was, and that's sort of what you see here with the hydrogen L again on. On, on, on subsonic 300 blackout. It performs very well. And the difference is, it's easier to suppress subsonic 300 blackout than it is supersonic 308. And the technology used in the hydrogen L at scale is able to do a very good job with it. In fact, one could argue, one could argue if one were so inclined, that the hydrogen L is a switch hitter. That and and and, and, the, and you could argue that it's a switch hitter that's slightly more at home for extreme subsonic 300 blackout suppression. And sure, it, it, it's great at supersonic uh, 308 too, but it accomplishes that with brute force. Tons of conventional baffles. And, and, and what does that do? That ramps up the back pressure, right? And it just so happens that in this case, we see a big performance benefit in subsonic 300 blackout. Okay. And so the article has the data, okay? And when you're listening to this, if you're, again, if you're, if you're not a time traveler or you're not near the international dateline or you're on the West Coast, when you're listening to, I'm going to set this podcast up to auto post late at night. So if you're listening to this, first of all, uh, you're a gentleman or lady and a scholar because you're a diehard Pew Science fan. And I know some of you listen to this stuff like as soon as it hits the, hits the street, as it were, which is cool. But Chances are, if you're listening to this, the article's on the website and you haven't seen it, so go check it out. And because that, that article is going to have the suppression, it's going to have the data, it's going to have the suppression rating, and it's going to have some great comparisons to other silencers on the short barrel 300 blackout subsonic weapon platform. Okay. 
Uh, so go check it out. And 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 this is me talking to you from the past. And I'm telling you, I haven't even completely finished writing this <laughs> as I'm talking about it right now. Um, and and right after I finish recording this, I am going to finish writing it. So so go check it out. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about it more in depth on the next episode. Okay. So what you should do, you should sub- subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that announcement. Subscribe to the newsletter on PewScience.com there so you don't miss reviews, you know. And that way you'll be all signed up and, it, you know, and, you, and you'll, 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 you'll know when things are coming, okay? So I forget to say that sometimes to tell you to subscribe. So, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed to the podcast, dude, subscribe to the podcast. Come on. You got to... Hit that like button or something that YouTubers say. Okay, topic two. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Topic two at a time of 12 minutes and 59 seconds. Boom. Right before 13 minutes. Sound signature review 695. The Otter Creek Labs Polonium K on the 556 Mark 18 SBR. Again, just an introductory discussion. Same deal here. Okay, I, I, I released or I am releasing. I will release. Future J is releasing this as a package deal with a hydrogen L subsonic data, okay? So this is the Polonium K. Ah, the Polonium K. I was going to come up with some kind of clever limerick or something, but I, I didn't. You know, this silencer created quite the internet buzz after the Polonium was characterized by Pew Science, you know, when 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 the, the, the labs of the otters uh, told us that the Polonium K would be forthcoming, there was uh, excitement. Uh, why? Why is that? Is that is that because it's shorter? It's shorter, or or is it because it's lighter than the full size polonium, or or is it because uh, really intelligent Pew Science members postulated that it would have a higher flow rate or a lower back pressure than the full size polonium, and 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 maybe that the back pressure of the full size silencer was, was one of the drawbacks. Some folks. Have noticed when shooting it is that is that why there was excitement for the K version? Yeah, could be. Frankly, uh, all of that could be true. Uh, you know, it could be the size, the the weight, the the extremely intelligent Pew Science members. Shout out, fam. Um, yeah, I don't know. Could be all of that. I don't know. Let me say this: this is still really a dedicated bore. 556 concert. I mean, yeah, you can shoot six millimeter through it or 243, you know, if you're a coyote guy. I get it. It's awesome. No, you can. You can shoot six millimeter through it. Um, but what I'm telling you is that this is not some kind of super advanced high flow rate silencer. And if you think it's gonna have zero blowback characteristic, <laughs> like on some guns or something, you you need to check your expectations at the door homie all right i i I don't need you to like you really i mean let's be grounded here okay let's be let's get down to brass tacks shall we like let's not be crazy but but that being said i would encourage you to look at the data and analysis in this review and you will find you will find that it does in fact have lower back pressure or lower flow restriction than the full-size unit does the full-size polonium did you know and what's really important here and, and i I say this, I'm not sure if people really listen. If you're a Pew Science member, you're going to really want to look at the at ear waveforms. Again, it's really important. On the Mark 18, guys, you can see what's going on. And I can tell you that the signature at the ear is very representative of what you will encounter as the shooter. 
it couldn't be more accurate. Like I shoot, listen, I shoot the silencers in the tests. Like I feel the pressure on my face. Those plots, those are showing you the pressure and impulse six inches from my head. Like that's me, dude, like me shooting the silencers. All those plots are from me shooting the weapons with these silencers. This is the most real and accurate data you can get in the world for these systems. I, 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 I say this sometimes, and I still see people on the internet. Well, Jay's he's in a laboratory setting, and he, I, he's not a shooter, so we don't trust. And he, I think that, and and everyone knows that. Blah and blah. I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. And he should do videos because of the guy, the guy on the YouTube, and he, really, cool. Okay, yeah, get a video. That's gonna tell you way more than this. <laughs> okay said nobody ever look first impressions of the silencer guys you need to check this out because i, I want to say something uh, you need to, to be clear and frank with you as a silencer person as a silencer guy i think some of you are gonna see the suppression rating and you're gonna lose your mind <laughs> i forgot what it was hold on a second let me click on my i haven't uh, it's not it's clearly not on the website yet but i can go into my system and look because i actually forgot what the suppression rating was one second. Oh yeah, you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> you're gonna lose your. Yeah, the internet's gonna gonna freak out because it it's high, and uh, yeah. But you know what you need to do? Look at the muzzle rating. Look at the ear rating. Look at both. Okay, on the Mark 18. Look at the composite. Look at the muzzle. Look at the ear. Read the article. Okay, there's some really great information in here. We're gonna talk about it. I, without a doubt, the internet is going to go insane. And as they should. I mean, I, I think this is cool. I really think, I I actually, like, this is just me talking. Like, yeah, Otter Creek Labs is a client. Sure. Um, but I think the Polonium K is kind of cool. That's my, per, that's my, per, I don't put that in the article because this is just, this is just Jay talking to you. I think it's kind of a cool silencer and you're going to see why. Um, and, and, and that's, and, and what, and, and you need to really listen when I say this, I'm not saying that as like, oh, Jay, Jay is recommending the Polonium K. No, no. I'm the reason I'm saying it's cool. It, and it's not even the fact that it's a silencer. It's because of the physics of what I'm learning from it. it and, and that, that's the level of, of insanity I'm, I'm, I'm in right now in that, you're going to see some thoughts I wrote in this review about diminishing returns. And I'm going to say something right now, and you're not going to get it until you really read the article, but we might be entering an age of a new class of silencer possibly. And it's not, it's that's actually, it's actually not something I mentioned in the article in those words, but I want, what I want you to do is I want you to hold that thought for next week when I do a deep dive, because I, Balancing diminishing returns of adding baffles to a system of certain geometries and getting a product from that, seeing what it does, seeing how much you get going further, and seeing if the juice is worth the squeeze, I guess is a long roundabout way of talking about an optimized efficiency for a silencer system that to me is super interesting and when i talk about efficiency it's not in the stupid way that people the marketing people do oh we have the best suppression per volume of any that's the dumbest thing ever and what i'm really talking about is actual efficiency based upon design pedigree which as pew science members know is super cool and we've talked about before so i feel that when you see the polonium k 
you see the way it performs on the Mark 18, which is the host from hell. I think that you're going to get a data point that in conjunction with a full-size Polonium K is going to tell you a lot about Otter Creek's design. And frankly, this is pro this has already helped Otter Creek understand, you know, their system. And I I don't want to say too much because I still I want to see what you guys think when you see it. And there's a lot of nuance here, both in the in the first topic I spoke about with the hydrogen L and with this design on the Mark 18. Okay. And um, I'm and the, okay. And so the last thing I'm going to say on this today is there were some. Oh, one second. <clears throat> Let me get some water. One second. <clears throat> and I didn't plan on mentioning this today, but I think well, it's on my mind. I, I might as well. So I, since I don't forget, don't forget about it. I think it's important to, talk, to to at least mention. And I mentioned this on the last podcast. There was a there was a comment on a uh, Arfcom. Uh, um, a couple weeks ago or whenever it was. And I think I mentioned on the podcast previously and I, I've been thinking about it more. Um, you, you guys, this effort is for more than just telling you how loud something is. <laughs> okay. Like I, there's so much nuance in in what we're learning here that I know that the audience for this effort at large, like in the totality, not every person is going to get the same thing out of it. And that's, that's fine. And that's uh, the nature of humans. Okay. And that's fine. And not everyone has the same aptitude. Not everyone has the same level of understanding. And frankly, not everyone has the time of the desire, but that does not diminish the importance of the effort and what we're learning. So, um, you know, whether you're a person that is just looking at that big number at the top of the page or someone that's trying to figure out how to make their host weapon work, or you're a science or designer that's interested in pushing the limits and thresholds of their particular technology and, and, and its limitations or, you know, on, on different platforms you know i think there's something for everybody here okay so um yeah i i you know there's also there's another there's a big old pew science thread on arfcon um i saw i didn't i didn't even chime in because i wanted to see where it went um i like that sometimes just to observe it's, it's fun and uh <laughs> boy howdy did people show their cards and I thought that was so interesting. And and I got so many dang communications about it privately. And um, I really got a chuckle out of that one. And I think that we are at the point now where if, if there are entities that are upset everyone knows who they are and there's not a dang thing they can do about it because the consensus is that this is working and it and it's by design and boy oh boy is it a 
great, wonderful effort with fantastic supporters on the consumer level, the corporate level, just worldwide. And I couldn't be more happy for the support structure and the absolute enthusiasm of people who are really getting this. It just it just makes me smile ear to ear. It just it's so great. And and when I when and again I'm I'm going to say this. Sorry, I'm going on and on. But when I get to present a client test program, and it doesn't matter who it is, if it's someone big or small, and it it serves the purpose of teaching the general public about suppressed small arms. It serves the purpose of getting the name out of a new company who might, you know, never even gotten any, any of the spotlight at all just because they didn't have a, a million dollar marketing budget and a YouTube channel, you know, or, 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 or maybe it, and then maybe it showcased performance that, you know, the, the engineer who designed it thought they didn't quite understand, but maybe they got, they learned a little something too. Whenever I get to show that to the world, it to me, it's just as cool as when I don't get to show it to the world and I deliver the client the report behind closed doors and no one sees, no one sees it but them, but they learn something from it too. And just me and them, and it's just between me and them. And there's been tons of those. A lot of you, you don't understand that. Like a ton of work that Pew Science does, the public never sees at all. So for every, for every delivered... Uh, uh, and I write in the website SSS.6.2 numbers, science or sound standard, chapter, uh, section six, and then the, the designation for the article. For every, and, and we're what, the polonium K is 95. For, for every one of those you see, there are things you don't. Okay? So to the dealer on ARFCOM who likes to run his mouth all the time uh, about, Pew Science about oh, uh, Pew Science is a for-profit business that, uh, and he has, and here's his cage code. Uh, I'm gonna put this on. That. Cool, dude. Um, congratulations on knowing how business works. Since you run a business and sell and sell silencers, um, you know, I'm I'm glad that you could also read my website. But what you also want to read besides that cage code? that allows us to do government contracting to help uh, Team USA, what you also need to know is that there's a gigantic contingent of consumers and dealers uh, worldwide that support this effort to make it happen. And if you think a public research cooperative is going to happen without members donating monetary support to it, you, you're never going to understand the effort. Okay. So consider this notice for people in the industry. Get, do better. <laughs> Be honest and do better because everyone's watching you, okay? And I watched you for decades. Why do you think Pew Science exists? Topic three, at a time of 27 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Don't even deserve my time. Sometimes I, I'm, frankly, it's it's almost maddening. <laughs> It's almost maddening the nerve of some of these people and the passive aggressive nature of some of the companies too that post. Just like uh, there's a reason why everyone laughs at that forum too. 
It's like you have all these great people there that like honestly want to know good information. They're so nice. There are such good people in this industry, like really salt of the earth. I'm telling like people that would give you the shirt off their back. So good. Selfless individuals, frankly. And they got to intermix with these criminals. <laughs> just I'm just like, how did you guys even last? How do you even last? Like, you should be ashamed of yourself, frankly. Like, I don't even, like, how do you even call yourself, like, a gun guy? Like, just dirty, scum-of-the-earth people. And, you know, some people are just bad, and you're never gonna, you're never gonna um, change that. You know what I mean, Joey Bing? Yeah. Topic three, suppressing your pistol. Is it easy? Nah. It should be, though. Should be really easy. I mean, one can dream. I mean, I dream. I dream of a day when, frankly, I dream of a day where a pistol, a rifle, any reciprocating system, you could slap a silencer on it and go to town and not even, and and because you'd have a compatibility list and you wouldn't even have to worry about, oh gosh, is this compatible? <laughs> wouldn't it be great if like you could just put a silencer on a gun like you put a grip on an AR? Because that's how some of the companies are treating silencers like their grips on your ar saw the guy today on on a reddit thing he was like well 99 percent of the time the it doesn't matter so adjustable gas box don't matter and i'm just like i'm like is this why like it's like reason reason six million three hundred forty eight thousand one hundred twenty three why pew science exists <laughs> to, to literally take all the all the hearsay and and gobbledygook out of out of the dang zeitgeist are you serious right now it's like i'm sitting here it's not even it's like it's not even 1800 i'm recording this podcast early so i can get out two research articles the the likes of which still Nobody is published in the industry except for Pew Science. And I, I got to sit here and read people still telling people horse crap about how silencers work on guns. Jeez Louise. You know what? Here's a great, um, and, and for this topic, for topic three, what I, I, I plan to talk about, an exceptionally shining light in the firearm industry. Is he perfect? Nobody is. Is he doing great things? He is. His name is Lucas, and he, and he, and he runs T-Rex Arms. Okay. And and a lot of people don't like him, and I I do not care because I I weigh I weigh the pluses the pluses and minuses of of uh, leaders of companies. I weigh the pluses and minuses, and, and and in my book the dudes the dudes tipping the scales of the pluses. Okay, he posted an Instagram video of him shooting a pistol with a Sonsico Omega Nine K on a Glock. I'm assuming a Glock 19. Don't care. He he was having malfunctions. Okay, specifically the pistol was either not cycling, uh, not returning a battery, or both. Okay, his caption, or or his statement in his video, or but I don't it doesn't matter. He said that suppressed pistols suck, or they can suck, or something like that, and he's not wrong. <clears throat> and frankly, oh, excuse me, one second. <clears throat> <clears throat> he's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. In fact, he's more right than many people care to admit. 
especially the silencer companies that make and sell silencers to put on pistols and give no instructions or guidance to end users with regard to their compatibility with said pistols. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say something uh, that was true and, 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 and uncomfortable for you? <laughs> it's like, you know, no one wants to talk. No one wants to talk about the elephant in the room. You know, silencers influence the functions of your weapons. Full stop. That's it. Stop. Stop fighting about that. They, they, silencers influence the functions of your weapons. Full stop. The end. Stop. Okay. I don't care what type of weapon it is. And if it's a semi-automatic or automatic weapon, the influence is going to be more significant than a bolt action. Okay. And now that being said, bolt action weapons are influenced too, but we'll talk about that later. All right. So back to pistols. Semi-auto. All kinds of different actions. Okay, there's all kinds. It's actually pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Small arm design, you know, pistol design. There are many types of pistols, many operating mechanisms, and you know, certain mechanisms have the propensity to operate better with a silencer. They do. And and, and you know, but for now, let's talk about a, a super popular action mechanism in general and how its function might be influenced by a silencer. Okay. I want to talk about this because I, I want to talk te technically about it, and I and I think it's important to understand. And a lot of people have been asking me about to talk about. Oh, well, Jay, what's the best pistol silencer for my uh, pistol X Y Z, and what's the best pistol X Y Z for my silencer A B C? And I'm like, oh my god, you're asking like incredibly difficult questions, and I don't even know where to start except to ex start to explain to you how they work. And then maybe we can build from there because that's all I know how to do. That I mean, I'm very stubborn in that when I don't understand something or I want to explain it to somebody else, I almost always start at the beginning because I feel like if you go back to fundamentals, you you will almost nine times out of ten to speak in a dumb statistic, uh, you'll be better off. Okay, so take the modified tilting barrel browning action. Okay. And you got to think, well, what kind of pistol employs that action type? You know, is it SIGs? Is it Glocks? You know, modern HK pistols, FN. He's like, oh, Jay's biased. <laughs> no, uh, I let's just stick with those four for now: the SIG, the Glock, the HK, the FN. Um, chances are, if 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 you have a high quality semi-auto pistol, you have a SIG, or a Glock, or an HK, or an FN. Like, I, I yeah, okay. I know CZ exists. I know Beretta exists. Relax. You can pretend I'm talking to you too. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm no, I'm kidding. That they, except no, especially Beretta. Beretta has exceptional exceptional pistols. Um, look, hang a silencer off of the end of your pistol. What are you gonna do? What are you doing? You're adding a lot of weight to the barrel. Okay, relative to how much that barrel weighs. Okay, let's put it in perspective. So as a percentage of the barrel's mass, it might be really significant. And in fact, it, it probably is. And, and you, can, you can prove this to yourself. It's easy. Field strip your pistol, remove the barrel, put it side by side. Um, you, you know, your silencer there on your desk or whatever you, wherever you are. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you put them on a scale and you weigh them both. Yeah, it's non-trivial, really, the, the weight of the silencer. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, how do you deal... How do you deal with the weight of the silencer to make sure your pistol can still operate within its intended parameters? Okay, so you've got to go back to basis. Well, what is weight? 
Okay, well, it's mass. Okay. It's mass times a gravitational constant on Earth. So if you're just hanging out on Earth, we, we you know, especially in America with our unit system, we think about mass and weight, you know, to be similar until you realize that the, 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 the mass unit is a slug and you're like, what? And you're like, you're not an engineer and you freak out. So let's just let's call let's call mass and weight the same thing i know they're not because weight's a force but just bear with me for because not everyone's an engineer listening to this so what what you saw the sensor has has mass okay so we're going to learn another term what is mass when you want it to move okay does it have a resisting force when it's asked when it's asked to move it does right what is that resisting force called when you try to move a mass it's called inertial resistance that's right probably heard the term inertia it's the thing that wants to keep something sitting there or something moving so the propensity of something to resist starting to move that qualitative definition, it, it, it's actually defined by its inertial term, which is literally the, the product of its, its mass times the acceleration you wish to impart upon the object. That's that F equals MA thing, right? Yeah, that's all it is. So, again, how can you make your pistol still operate when it has extra inertial resistance? When it has a big old weight hanging off the end of the barrel. How do you make the pistol work, dude? You know how a pistol works. You can put it in your hand. Figure it out. Okay. Well, what you could do, you could do what Knight's Armament did. Everyone's like, oh my god, he's talking about Knight's Armament. It's like, yeah, you should too if you're talking about... If you, if you give a public discussion about what I'm about to talk about and you don't mention Knight's Armament and you're a science or company, ooh... You trying to hide, buddy? <laughs> you did. You, I, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm also in that mood. Um, you, you, you could do what Knight's Armament did, and, and you know, if you wanted this to work, and you could try to decouple the inertial resistance of the silencer through a special mechanical assembly. So, what does that do physically? And 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 what does it look like? And how can it work? Why does it even work? You know, you're talking about this, and people love to talk about it, but do they know how it works and why? And and, and, and how it could not work and why? It's interesting. So what we've got to do is we've got to take a we gotta take what we know about silencers and how they work that you've learned from Pew Science. And so let's talk more about that. What do we talk about with regard to back pressure or flow rate of a silencer? We talk about it all the time. The collective we now. It's in the zeitgeist now. I frankly, I it's insane. When I go on Reddit and I see people giving advice to others, they're using words like flow rate. When before Pew Science did someone on a public silencer forum use the term flow rate besides OSS in marketing for their flow through? Nobody. Dead. Nobody did. And trust me, I've been around long enough to see it. 
I was on Subguns that Bowers uh, uh, ran that forum back. It's a bulletin. It was bulletin board before even is the boomer thing. I was on there. No one's talking about flow rate. No one's talking about flow rate on sponsor talk either. So if they're not talking about it on those two forums, give me another. Give me another Uzi talk. <laughs> Show me. And if they're not talking about it on any of those, that means they weren't talking about it in gun shops either. Okay, so now they're talking about it. So what does that mean? People got knowledge from Pew Science. That's right. Yeah, keep yeah, keep saying it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm I'm on to you. And by on to you, I mean I, I've always been. <laughs> He's aggressive. That's right. What do we talk about with regard to back pressure or flow rate of a silencer? We talk about its omega metric. Okay, and if you don't like the word I used, omega metric, because it hurts your feelings, call it whatever you want. Call it the 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 rate of positive phase impulse accumulation measured one meter left of the end cap of the silencer during the sound test. Like I don't care. Read research supplement six forty and then yell at me, or you can yell at me and not read it, which is frankly a little bit insane. Why do we speak about flow rate? Combustion gases from the barrel muzzle enter the silencer and they become trapped. They do, momentarily, right? How do we know that? Well, it's a silencer. It's this, it's this reduction in, in velocity, that the gas velocity, that results in a reduction in flow rate, okay? And that results in a, you guessed it, back pressure. That's right. What if you were to shoot high-pressure gas into a silencer and that silencer was not fixed to the barrel? <laughs> Well, the silencer would translate in the direction of the gas thrust, right? How do we know that? Well, because the silencer co ASR mount shows us that the silencer will fly down range if the mount is loose. <laughs> so it is written. <laughs> uh, look, I joke, but why do you think the, the, the silencer co silencers with the ASR mount fly down range? Is, it, is, is the bullet pushing the silencer through the air? As it rockets toward the berm and you start to panic? No, my silencer. No, it's the gas thrust from the same gas that was pushing the bullet down the barrel, dude. Like, I'm just talking bolt action right now. Why Why does the silencer fly down range? Why, why can you unlock? What? Okay, picture this. Let's let's have a fantasy. Picture this. Your, your surefire silencer gets carbon locked. Oh, it never happens ever. Your, your surefire silencer gets carbon locked. How does surefire recommend you get it off the barrel? They unlock the locking collar, uh, unlock the locking collar, and shoot and shoot the gun, and it and the silencer flies off. How? How could that possibly happen? Well, <laughs> if a silencer didn't have back pressure, it wouldn't happen. Oh, did I just blow your mind? <laughs> yeah, I, I, sh I should have. Okay, if if there were not flow restriction through a silencer, then you could not shoot the silencer off the gun, <laughs> right? Are, are, like, are you serious? Like, if you're in your car right now and, like, you're, like, you're like, I just blew your mind, like, next time someone tells you something has zero back pressure, well, you better ask them if you could shoot the silencer off the gun. Be like, how, if your silencer has zero back pressure, how come you have a locking collar? <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to physics class. Um, I just designed silencers. Totally easy. Um, everyone can do it. Let's go back to our suppressed pistol example. We have a mass problem, right? Um, we have all this mass on the end of our barrel. 
we need the slide to be able to move rearward, don't we? Well, uh, actually, you know, and it's funny, it's the slide and the barrel simultaneously in a in a tilting in a modified Browning tilting barrel, barrel action. There is there is a mo there is a small moment in time, and you can prove this to yourself if you just you know pick up your your pistol that you probably have FN Sig Glock HK whatever you have CZ Beretta. Just forget about the, about the Beretta for a second. <laughs> pick these up and you know eject the magazine, eject the around from the chamber, make sure it's unloaded. Then you play with this thing and you start to move your slide and barrel assembly rearward. You'll see that they're coupled for a moment before uh, before um, anything happens. And then your barrel lug, locking lug, will hit the locking lug on the frame and then they'll start to separate. Okay. So we need this to happen. We need this motion to happen. Um, we need the subsequent unlock to happen and the barrel to be able to tilt we 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 need in the collective we we need all of this to happen unencumbered in accordance with the recoil energy produced by the cartridge combustion and in accordance with the design parameters of the weapon we need it to happen in accordance with all of the component geometries all of the masses all the spring rate of the recoil the recoil spring um and the spring force produced by its deflection times its spring constant we need all of these things to happen in a, in a harmonic ballet okay so how the heck are we going to deal with that big old mass on the end of the barrel the silencer mass well we're going to have to trick the gun that's right we're going to have to have to do some trickery it's the only way we got to use physics to trick the gun and 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 knight's armament did that they tricked the 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 the, the, the hk mark 23 into playing nice with a big heavy silencer, didn't they? <laughs> they did. So let's talk about what they did. So Knight's Armament knew that inertia was the problem, um, specifically inertial resistance, and they also knew about gas thrust coming out of the barrel muzzle, didn't they? As well as the propensity of the slide and the barrel to want to recoil and fight against the silencer's inertial resistance. This is all happening. So I don't know. And here's the thing. I don't know exactly how the idea came about because I wasn't there. Um, but if you can force the barrel away from the silencer in space, like um, take... Take okay. Pretend you have a the silencer has its own coordinate system. Or or let me okay. Let me okay. Actually, I'm I'm doing this verbally and not visually, so let me not be as complicated. Pretend the barrel and the silencer are sitting on a train track. All right, in space. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, we're going to space. We are magic school bus. No, uh, magic spaceship, science, uh, spaceship. Um, pretend you're on, you're in space, and you're on train track. Um, and you know Matthew McConaughey's there. I don't know. And uh, don't don't shoot him though. If you can force that barrel away from the silencer on that train track by firing a booster, a rocket booster. You know, let's say your barrel has a rocket booster on the end of it and you fire it in space. <laughs> you know, if you fire it at the right time back here on Earth in your gun, 
uh, you would essentially uh, decouple the inertial resistance of the silencer from the gun. Because the inertial resisting force is overcome by the muzzle blast thrust force impinging upon the silencer. And then what you could also have is your slide and barrel moving rearward fighting that inertial force of the silencer. So there's two things going on, right? You thrust against it. You're going to also want to move back because the cartridge is using that thrust to push against the slide and barrel. So you have these things moving away from each other. Like, oh my goodness, how could we let this happen? Well, you would, if you were a really simple smart dude you would just use a piston <laughs> with a spring around it you know you would you know early iterations of the mark 23 silencer and i was looking at the the you know forgotten weapons that gentleman ian ian right with the long hair nice guy seems like a nice guy never met him he has a great video he shows it's cool if you're into the mark 23 like i am um he shows the early contract uh, submission or or d- development versions uh, of the of the HK Mark Twenty Three and the silencers they they were trying to use and the early iteration of the the first like the first Mark Twenty Three silencers that the HK was working on uh, it had a lot of springs and all the springs were around the outer diameter of the silencer you know same principle you know what what they're doing they're simply allowing the silencer to translate in space in response to the muzzle blast boost thrust to overcome the inertial resisting force of the silencer isn't that cool yeah so and and you know you can see it uh, it's funny and it depends oh gosh I, i'm not i'm getting ahead of myself one second so i want to touch on something real quick it's going to make someone angry it's going to make people angry and I've, I've made so many people angry already this podcast it doesn't matter so the relative angriness isn't isn't that high so it's like it's like oh he poured water in a swimming pool oh my god swimming pool um this is kind of why now you're seeing why almost everyone in the world uses incorrect words when they describe a piston assembly in a semi-automatic pistol silencer right because if you call it a booster you're incorrect right because the muzzle blast the blast pressure out of the barrel that pushed the bullet out you know that whole thing we use there that's the booster literally you ever seen a rocket booster bro yeah it's like that so it's a thrust it's a jet nozzle literally jet nozzle it's literally combustion out of the barrel pushing against the interior of the silencer so if you're going to use the word booster you talk about that gas flow okay so and i mean it's true and you you can you can argue with me but you're gonna have to argue with isaac newton <laughs> if you call it an inertial decoupler you see hey that's the second time on this podcast uh, not this episode, but in totality, I've met, mentioned Isaac Newton. The first time was when someone, um, and you all know who he is. I'm not even going to mention his name because I don't think he deserves it. Um, when he was like, you know, talking about, oh, well, we'll measure impulse in, in an open and transparent way. And I was like, oh, really? You're going to do calculus in an, in an open and transparent way. Well, Isaac Newton beat you to that. <laughs> <laughs> God. I I swear you see the memes with like the clown face and it's like you can't 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 be more appropriate so, so yeah it's like argue with me are please argue more really we, we do we both have time for this i don't think so if you call this an inertial decoupler you're more you're going to be more correct 
Okay, and and the reason and and it just it is it is what it is. This is just physics. The reason you're more correct is because the piston, the spring assembly, what they do is they're they're going to allow the muzzle blast to act as a booster. And so what that's doing is, it's going to help you do two things. It's going to help you decouple, literally decouple the inertial resistance of the silencer and start to move away from it with the spring force ending up resisting that instead of the inertial resistance of the silencer um, resisting the barrel motion. And it's going to, in duality, it's also going to allow the muzzle blast impingement to, when it when it impinges that jet thrust onto your baffle stack, it's going to allow that that motion to occur. It's going it, it is literally decoupling the two systems. Okay? You you can not cycle a typical semi-auto pistol silencer without decoupling the silencer from the barrel. You just it you have to have a decoupler. And if you don't want to call it a decoupler, you don't have to. But the fact is you've got a bunch of inertia to overcome and you got to decouple it. <laughs> so if you don't want to call it an inertial decoupler, you don't have to. But I, ah, it really is one. So that's why you see me call them inertial decouplers and not boosters. And and it, and to be clear, this has nothing to do with Gemtech. Them calling it their lid, their linear inertial decoupler, has nothing to do with them. It's because it's assisting the system to allow muzzle blast boost to, in effect, decouple inertia with your slide motion too. It's it's it it's because it it is what it is. It's it's the it's the nature. Okay, so now you understand you understand the terminology and it's like, and, and it's not like Gemtech invented that. It's Knight's Armament did that, dude. Like th- th- in that way, right? I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know what the chicken and egg is here. I mean, I'm not that much of a historian when it comes to patents and and everything. And I don't know, like, I'm sure someone's going to, I'm going to get a phone call or or an email or, you know, or DM on Instagram. And someone's going to say, well, you know, my Uncle Steve did this or whatever. It's like, that's fine. But like, what I'm saying is we have a, a really big, a really big, example in popular silencer history that's public of HK doing this with a Mark 23. And this is where I want to get into the answer to your questions. Okay. Because now we're going to start to talk about silencers and their effect on, on pistols and vice versa. Okay. So for every action, there's an typically on earth, there's a typical, typically there's typically an equal and opposite reaction. Well, and also, what happens when let's let's put this into simple terms? What happens when you shoot your AR-15 and the buffer spring compresses? It comes back. And how? How does your bolt carrier come back into battery? Well, stored spring energy. That's how your AR goes back into battery, right? Hey, that's how your pistol goes back into battery too. Got a recoil spring in there, right? Yeah. So what about the silencer piston spring? What about that? Remember, we have a spring in our silencer now. You all understand how it works. Uh Uh-oh. It's in there. Uh Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. You compressed it, didn't you? You did. It's your fault. You shot the gun. How did it get compressed? How did your silencer piston spring 
get compressed as you are shooting? Well, there's a couple things happening. There's a couple forces involved. You had the barrel muzzle blast thrust, thrust coming out, you know, pushing the sensor away from the gun. You had your the, the inertial resistance of the silencer was sitting there. So and and so when your slide and barrel start to pull rearward, it's pulling against that inertial force. It's literally, you know, that's. Let me back up. Forget about the muzzle blast for a second. You guys know if like you were just sitting here and you you were holding a pistol barrel with a pistol silencer attached to it with a inertial decoupler on it. You know that if you were like fast and strong enough and you just just in space, just sitting here in front of you, like pointing it in front of you, if you just pulled back really quick on the barrel if you pulled back fast enough, you had to. You would have to do it fast enough. You would have to impart enough acceleration. You could. You would actually start to compress the spring, and that for a for a very short amount of time, that silencer would stay there in space. You can't do that with your hand, but I'm saying like that's separate from the muzzle blast that's pushing to to push it away too. So there's two things going on. Understand. That example where I'm I'm having you pull that barrel back as as hard as you can in space, that is, you're 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 asking you're you're asking the silencer and to say you're saying hey silencer, I know you have this mass, you're super cool. Can I please pull your mass through my frame of reference? And the silencer says you can. But you must pay the toll. And you say, of course, silencer. What toll shall I pay? And the silencer tells you, you must pay the inertial force toll, which is the product of my mass and the acceleration to which you are subjecting me to. And you say, F equals MA, I like the cut of your jib, sir, or ma'am. And you do that and you overcome it. So that's what you're asking your gun to do. Okay? It's got to pay that toll, and it can use muzzle blast to help. So you did that. You compressed your spring. All right? And now what happens when that spring exerts its spring force? It's like it's compressed. You're done. Now it's like, well, I'm all I'm all compressed. I got to stretch my legs. I'm a spring. I like to be undeformed. You know, what happens when you shoot your gun and your magazine spring starts to decompress? It feeds more rounds. Well, what happens when your silencer spring decompresses? Well, the silencer's going to come back and slam it to the barrel. <laughs> right? It was pulled away. Now it's going to come back. Yeah, totally is. When do you want that silencer to slam back into the barrel? I'm just curious. When would you prefer? When would you prefer to have the silencer slam back into the barrel? And how hard do you want it to slam back into the barrel? These are two very important questions. Do all silencers have the same flow rate or the same mass? No. Do all pistols have the same barrel length or the same Muzzle blast booster thrust. The same slide mass. The same unlock timing. 
No. It's almost like you would you would have to match the timing of the silencer movement on the piston with the gun it was being used on, wouldn't you? It's almost like huh, it's almost it's almost like it would require a significant amount of study to determine whether or not the gun would even cycle or would overfunction or would underfunction or if maybe the silencer would slam back at the wrong time or or maybe with the force to damage the pistol over successive round counts. You could could you get fatigue fracture? Oh, you know, is your locking block okay, bro? What about your barrel? Oh, the aftermarket, bro. What's that brand of that barrel? Wait, how was that machined? Wait, what's the geometry of the locking lock? Wait, what's that made out of? Wait, what's the what's the locking block? Wait, do, you've done you've done the fatigue study. Oh, you have you done an impact study? Well, wait, no, it's the same as it was unsuppressed, right? Wrong. Wrong. It's almost like you would need the silencer manufacturer to work extremely closely with the pistol manufacturer in order to ensure that the systems played well with each other. It's almost like that. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like Knight's Armament worked with HK on the Mark 23 contract to do something like that, isn't it? It's almost like that. It's so it's almost it's almost like they did that so much that they ended up making a completely different piston assembly so the silencer could also work with the USP and then a different piston assembly so the silencer would work with the Glock. It's wild. It's, it's almost like they ex expended a significant amount of effort to do that. <laughs> it's like, so why? Ask yourself why. Does everyone think that every single pistol silencer is going to work the same way on every single pistol? Why, why, why would you, in a million years, in a, if, if you ran this lifetime a million times, and the, uh, a million permutations of your life, why does everyone think that every single pistol silencer is going to work the same way on every single pistol? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All the stuff that I just explained, you, you, it's been here, dude. This isn't new. I don't even get it. Like, I'm like, why is everyone thinking that? Like, who is not saying this? Is no one saying? It's, it's like, I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills sometimes. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm in the room. And I'm looking around, and people are just eating their food or whatever. I don't know. I'm just like, what? Is it? And I started thinking about this. I was preparing for this episode. I was going to talk about this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pose this question to people, and I don't want to be too inflammatory. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to brainstorm. I'm, I'm going to think of reasons why they're like non-inflammatory of why maybe uh, no one, like everyone's saying that every pistol is fine and every silencer is fine. Like I'm just like, eh. I'm like, I was thinking, okay, maybe it's because all the new silencers are super light. So, like, right? So, so, stay, stick with me for a second. I was like, well, maybe it's because if a lot of the new silencers are super duper light, meaning that they have not a lot of mass, meaning they have not a lot of inertial resistance, maybe the the initial the the inertial resistance that you have to trick into not mattering as much. Maybe that's super easily overcome by the muzzle blast rocket boost. So I was thinking that, right? I was like, yeah. And then I was like, well, no. I was like, no, because what if, if the flow restriction is super high and the spring in the mass system isn't tuned right? And then, then maybe you'll have your slide velocity could be too high. Oh my God. Like then you could get a different issue too. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, it's not because they're super light. No, I don't know. I, I can't think of a dang reason why. Uh, 
And then I started thinking about something scary. And I was talking to someone about this the other day. And this might be even, this actually, this, and I hope this isn't true, but it might be true. And this actually might be one of the scariest things you hear today before Halloween. And I'm, and I'm not trying to scare you, but it might be true. And if it upsets you, upsets you, I think you have a right to be upset. And I'll be upset with you if it's true. So we can be in this together. We can cry. Like in that movie, uh, Midsommar, when the ladies, she's like screaming. Have you seen the movie? It's really scary. And also frightening, like disturbingly. There, <laughs> there are all kinds of potential problems here. I'm going to move into this. Uh, how am I going to say this delicately? You know... You kind of now see why the silencer industry in general doesn't just suffer in the semi-auto rifle space regarding weapon function, right? It happens in the pistol space, too. And for a long time, folks just didn't shoot them that much, I think. I think folks just didn't shoot their pistol silencers that much because they unscrewed easily. Okay. You see where I'm going with this? So, mark my words. As pistol silencer retention mechanisms become more commonplace... Like the Griffin Easy Lock, great example, right? I, I have a podcast on that. If you haven't heard it, search my website for it. I think you can start, people start to use stuff like that more. You're going to see more pistol silencer issues. And, and it's because people will actually start shooting them. Um, And then like all of this I talked about on this topic or in this topic and how basic, basically everyone's, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people are use, just using a copy of the Knight's Armament spring and piston thing and the you know the initial decoupler system. I think all that stuff is going to become more common knowledge. You're going to start to see this stuff. And until then, until I can't do it alone, okay? I mean, I know I have you guys to help, but I just I say good luck. I, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to develop guidance for this yet. There's too many systems. I'd have to do the kinematics, and I, I can. I just, I don't. Is it my job to do that too? Like, I shouldn't have to do that. Like, that's. I might have to, and it's like it's so crazy. I, I didn't know how I was gonna end this topic. Because I know so many. You know, I'll go back. I guess I'll go back to the thing I started out with, talking about how Lucas said that suppressed pistols suck. <laughs> And I, I agree. And then, you know, for a couple of reasons, and I think I've explained why they can in a very broad technical sense. And I think we're going to have to dig in, you know, and I think in the future, I think we're going to talk about some really good suppressed pistols. Or rather, let me, let me say that a different way. I think we're going to talk about some really good Suppressed pistol and silencer combinations. Okay, we'll do that another time. Maybe, maybe, or at least we talk about some pistols that are more forgiving to the lack of cooperative design in the two industries, silencers and firearms. Maybe we do that. Okay. Maybe we do that. I, you know, I will say just to circle back in to some of my just my good nature ribbing I was giving earlier in some of these industry people like you know if they took half the energy they they spent on bad mouthing pew science 
if they took half that energy and put it into educating consumers about physics for those products they sell on the weapons they claim they work on, I might not even have to do this. It's like, man, I hate to be negative, but... You know, if, 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 if I don't say it, no one else is gonna, you know, and it's, and it's just, it sucks that I have to do that, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. It's like, don't you get the feeling that like you're disappointing your consumers and customers? Like, I don't, it's like when you're, when you do something wrong, when you're a kid and like your parents look at you and you look at them and you know, you messed up and they look at you like, you know, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And that hurts you even more. <laughs> It's like, I think that's true. It should hurt you even more. Topic four, time of one hour. <laughs> Eight minutes <laughs> and 46 seconds. He's our dad. Yeah, so um, <laughs> early deliverables this week. Um, speaking of, I hey, I, it's it's up. The, the members are responsible and the, the clients. It's It just, it keeps happening and it's awesome. Sound standard is the standard. The suppression rating is the industry standard for sound performance. It is. And it is not normal to be able to offer this level of detailed analysis on such a consistent basis to the general public, guys. It's not normal. And that's what this. I just want to say. That's why I put this topic in here. To my knowledge, this simply does not occur anywhere else but at Pew Science and the Sonsor Sound Standard. And I don't care what industry you're in. It just doesn't. I mean, I, I looked in, you know, I've been reading some of Brian's stuff uh, at uh, Applied Ballistics. Um, hell of a job. Hell of a job, man. He, what a great, what a great guy. Just, and I see it and I don't know him. I've never met him. But um, I know without even meeting that gentleman, I know that he's a solid guy. Because nobody, nobody expends that level of effort to educate people without true good intention. You just, you don't do it. I can see it and I don't know him. And I hope I meet him someday because I just want to shake his hand and be like, bro, like, and I, maybe he drinks beer. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe I'll buy him a beer. Like, Hey man, like what kind of guns do you like? Cool. Let's talk about that. And like, then I'll be like, Hey, I appreciate you. And I shake his hand. Because I, I know exactly what it takes to do it, and he is doing it, and that's awesome. Okay, and so on on my side of this, and I'm not him. I don't do what he does. I do a different thing here at Pew Science, and on my side, I know for sure that all you listening have helped tremendously, and I couldn't do it without you. And... To continue this pace and to continue my commitment to the directive I've laid out, this gauntlet, uh, the, the self-imposed mandate to push the sponsor industry forward, I created the membership structure. And it is through that structure that the effort perseveres. And the effort is also spurred on by the client companies who fund the testing, okay? And, and, and what that is, that mutually beneficial method of contracting allows the industry to be pushed even further forward, okay? And those mechanisms have resulted in the industry adoption of the suppression rating as the most relied upon objective metric for suppression performance that we now have. Full stop. So thank you. I hope you enjoy the data. Yeah, go have fun with it, dude. Just be rowdy. I mean, I heads are going to roll, I think. People can be 
all kinds of butt hurt. I love it, dude. I love I love telling the truth. You can't lose. I told that I said on social media earlier today. You cannot lose. You can tell the truth. I'll tell the whole truth every day of my life, continuously on this podcast too. And nothing I say is ever, ever knowingly wrong. I shoot you straight every week, and it is awesome because you can't lose. Listen, unless you get like Hillary Clinton or something. <laughs> It's like, he was such a nice kid. He how did how did his car fly into that tree? No. Uh go have fun with the data. We'll talk about it technically next week. Godspeed and stay safe. I'll talk with you folks again soon. All right, bye.